2: Well, 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 well. Hello, my friends. It is another episode of DDP Radio Live right here at ddpradio.com. My name is Mike Mullins. As always, I am broadcasting live from the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. And as I came into the parking lot, I pulled into the garage with my fancy car and I ran to the front door, and the doors were locked. Why are the doors locked? I don't know. Who's up there? Where is everybody? So I shoot my grappling hook to the top of that tower, on top of the building, on top of the tallest building, in all of North Carolina. And I propel myself all the way up to the tower. And once I'm up at that tower, I look to the great white north. And in the mountains, on top of the covered snow mountains, Of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario is a light. And that beam of light is my co-host, her essence. And she beams down to the tower and we blast the show throughout the entire world. Crystal Stewart, how are you? I'm okay. It hurts to laugh, (laughs) but wow,
1: these are getting more and more ridiculous as time goes on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's going to be the name of my autobiography that I didn't earn whatsoever. More ridiculous to Michael Mullen's story. Right.
1: <laughs> that's getting more uh, ridiculous.
2: As as my wife always says, she goes, "Coming a little hot there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Well, I know that you are currently on the mend. You've had a, a pretty crazy couple of weeks. So I, I just got to say off front, I appreciate you coming on tonight and, and being a trooper because uh, I know that this has been a really couple, uh, rough couple of weeks for you.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been fun. Um, anyone who knows me well enough knows that I, I really don't like hospitals or doctors or, you know, yeah, no. And I ended up being in a hospital for eight days. Not really my idea of fun, but we're trying to recoup from it.
2: Well, uh, you are a trooper and you are a warrior in your in your own right. So we appreciate it, and and we wish you uh, hoping you feel better uh, really okay. soon. And uh, I, I'll try my best not to make you laugh throughout the show. But if I if I get a little off off topic, you can just hit the mute button uh, on your phone, and, and I'll just go away for a couple minutes. <laughs> I'll do my best, but um, just just most people laugh at me, not with me. So uh, just. Try to try to control yourself. <laughs> but anyways, we have a great show for you tonight. Um, we I know that you've been working very, very hard to uh, to get a, uh, the, the schedule filled out. And I know even in the hospital, you're there calling people, moving things around, shifting things. You are uh, yep. truly a warrior. And uh, I know that you have another amazing story for us here tonight. Uh, a fellow countryman uh, on your side of the uh, the border. Uh, Crystal, why don't you introduce our guest tonight if you're up for it? I know you've done a great job pulling this show together, and I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, um, this week's Warrior is a fellow Canuck. So, Mike, you're on notice, so behave yourself. (laughs) Two Canadians in the house. Um, So this week's Warrior of the Week is Jeremy Landry, and I wrote a little blurb that I'd really like to go over with you um he is amazing i mean the more i dug in to his story the more i just found so i i really am looking forward to this show so why are you trying to remove a screw with a hammer i spend a lot of time reading up on people's journeys of how they go from where they are to where they want to be the above question that Jeremy wrote in a post had have, have had me thinking all week, and it really has um, this week, Mike and I talked to someone who was experiencing some things that he needed to change, and boy, did he ever um, He has reminded many that hard work is the missing ingredient, and that we can't wait to talk to this warrior about his journey. And convince you that you can do it as well as he can. Please welcome this week's Warrior of the Week, Jeremy Landry.
0: Hello.
2: Hello. Hey, what's going on, man?
0: How's guys? How are you? Good,
2: good, man. How are you?
0: Great. Just um, I just got back from uh, jujitsu class, actually. So pretty, wow. <laughs> pretty sore, but full of energy.
2: Oh good. well we've had a lot of people on this show since it started back in what two thousand ten. I can't recall anyone doing the show after coming back from jujitsu class, so I think that might be a first, but <laughs> that that's that's pretty awesome, man. Um that's I hear that's a really hard thing to do. Uh it's yeah. really interesting, it's fascinating. Um, And we're going to get into that because I want to hear about that. But we always start every episode here. First of all, thanks for being on the show. We always start every episode where we do the Warrior of the Week with every warrior has to have an origin story. Every superhero has an origin story. Uh, First things first, what got you to first take the plunge and and get yourself involved in the DDPY and the DDPY community? You know, what was the, the, the situation that had you kind of seeking something like this out?
0: Um. Desperation and um, just the refusal to give up on myself. Um, I am 39 years old and I spent the last 20 years addicted to to drugs and alcohol. Um, I spent several attempts um, in different rehab facilities and and day programs and counseling um, tried to, to kick my habit, um, and finally I got to the point where uh, you know I knew this was the end. I I had screwed everything up that I could possibly manage to to destroy um, in my life. Anything that was good um, wasn't good enough, and uh, it was it was finally to a point where I didn't want to exist. Um, I didn't necessarily think about suicide. Um, and I think it was because I was just so deep into my addiction that I didn't have a sense of being. So there was no one to commit suicide to because I didn't feel like I was a person. Um, but at the end of my, my rope, um, I had realized that I was going to end my life um, because I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't want it anymore. Nothing was going to change I had done all the rehabs all over Canada as well. Uh, I talked to psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists. I attacked the root causes of my addictions and, and nothing. I still couldn't stop. I would go to work. I was a bartender of all things. <laughs> um, and I would go to work and I would literally tell myself in my head, I'm not going to do coke, I'm not going to do coke. Um And I would tell myself that for like the first half hour at work as well. It was hard to take people's orders on the server as well. Um, And it was hard because I couldn't stop telling myself I'm not going to do drugs. I would just literally say that over and over in my head. So it it made work difficult because I was so focused on not holding. Um, And it just, it always happened. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing that could stop me from doing drugs. I've had, I've overdosed. I was high when my stepfather died. His hand was in my hand while I was high on cocaine. Uh, I'd been to jail. i have had my, one of my children taken away from me. Um, you know, I've, I've been in, in situations where knives, stabbings, guns, you know, I've been in the trenches. I used to roam around uh, East Hastings in Vancouver uh, high on crack and looking for something to get into. And and I think it was, I was kind of hoping that I would get into something I couldn't get out of. Um, It wasn't that I was interested in the lifestyle, it was that I I really felt like I didn't exist. So after 20 years, um, I I came to the conclusion that nothing was working, I couldn't stop, I was telling myself I didn't want to. um, And I think my wife was well over her limit. Um, and then finally I was, I was done. So uh, I gave rehab one last shot. Um, I, I went with nothing but um, determination to be the top student in this class. Like I wanted to, I wa- if there was A's, I was getting them. Um, if there was an honor roll, I was getting it. I went into this rehab facility with like this is my last chance, and not only is it my last chance, but I'm going to I'm going to own this, I'm going to do better than everyone. I I've kind of always been like that, but it's not that I'm in competition with people, it's just that I don't want someone else to work harder than me. It's not that I'm jealous of them, it's not that I want what's in their bowl. It's that I feel that I can work the hardest in any aspect of my life and 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 harder. I, I want to work harder than everyone. So I kept that in mind and I used it as motivation. I listened, I took notes, I did all of the, all of the steps. Um, and I came home for a weekend at about the month stay that I was um, in rehab. I came home and just by chance, I came across the resurrection of Jake the snake. Um, and I broke down. I, I was like just overwhelmed with the similarities, um, of our childhood and, being in our our father's shadow and the sexual abuse, the the drug of choice, you know, all of it. And and to boot, he physically looks like my stepfather did. So there was a a certain kind of connection that I I felt like, look, this is real. And I didn't realize that I had 70 pounds to lose. I was doing DDP yoga um, because it helped Jake get over his crack addiction. And I felt that, If it can work for him, it can work for me. I wasn't interested in losing weight. I was interested in changing my life, and I saw that it changed his life. So I ordered the DVDs, and, um, yeah, just haven't looked back. I I did it. (laughs) I lost 70 pounds. I just celebrated two years clean and sober, uh, January 3rd. Um, I'm one of the champions of the the and Unstoppable Challenge, uh, everything has changed. I've worked at a harm reduction center uh, as a peer support worker uh, just to be there for, for drug addicts who, you know, don't have anyone, don't don't have an ear, don't have any anyone in their life to, to care. Um, I did that uh, for about six months, and, and it was very overwhelming. It was very taxing, and I felt I was too close to the fire that I worked my ass off to get out of. I just wasn't prepared, I wasn't ready um, The want was there, the desire Was there, but I just wasn't Healed enough To start helping other people um, So I parted ways, everything Was good um, And I, I, I This program changed who I am Like I look at life differently um, So after that um, I was offered a job As um, a mentor um, at, an, at a Cooperative farm self-sustaining cooperative farm for young adults living on the spectrum. Um, and I became a mentor to three to participants. Um, and I loved it. And again, I think um, the intentions were there. But again, I, I, I jumped into it too, too quick. I, I still wasn't healed. Um, I noticed that although I was getting rewarded for, for helping and, and being a positive impact in, in these people's lives um it was still taxing to me because um at, at certain times there would be um uh, explosions amongst the uh, the peers um which is you know it's it's normal it's just i mean we we do it sometimes but um the voices were a little louder and i realized like wow you know i still have like ptsd from from my myself and and from childhood and whenever there would be an argument or a fight, I would get into that place again where I would just like ball up. Um, so I realized, you know, much as I want to, I'm still not there yet. So, so I've just been uh, working on myself for the past two years. I've been doing DDPY for 18 months now, and Jujitsu for 12 months. Um, and yeah, just continuing to uh, to work on myself. Like I, I genuinely took. What Dallas said: Be, you know, own your life and be positive and unstoppable to heart. That, that is, that, that's fact. You know, um, I got a tattooed across my chest uh, before I, I think I even knew about the contest. You know, because I'm committed. I'm nothing is going to stop. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm trying to accomplish, but I know what I'm doing is right. I know what I'm doing is good, and I know what I'm doing is helping others. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> keep doing what i'm doing wow
2: that uh you put that so uh eloquently um it, you know you know this is so interesting to me because and i i haven't personally been had addiction problems with drugs or alcohol but you know you know i although i do have food problems i, I don't consider that the same although a lot of people consider the, the symptoms the same i don't consider that the same thing by uh, a long shot, but I've been around a lot of people who have had uh drug and alcohol problems in the music business the radio business all this stuff i've I've seen a lot of that up close, and you know you talked about uh, uh you know you going through all of these things and and most people are like, wouldn't that you know be enough to turn you around but i've noticed when you're when you have you know addicts the uh, rock bottom won't stop you there's a hundred rock bottoms there's rock bottoms every mm-hmm. day. And you don't expect a lot of times when it's going to click because when you've tried so many times and you, when you've had all these, like, chances to change and you haven't, sometimes it just it comes out of nowhere, the, the thing that kind of really clicks for you. And, you know, I've seen this so many times with people in DDPY. We have people on the show so often who have had, you know, problems with pills or drugs or alcohol uh, and kind of find something in this program or the Jake documentary. That Jake documentary has changed so many people's lives And I I find it interesting. And and what do you think it was? Was it a combination of you being ready or just the right kind of method of delivery or just the timing? What was it that made this like stick for you? Because obviously you've seen enough and you've been around the block so many times with these, you know, moments of rock bottom to, uh, that's not what's going to make you change. What was it around this situation that kind of really made things click?
0: Uh, it was the reality of of knowing that like it was over. Um, you know, I m- many times in my addiction, I wanted to die. You know, and I think a lot of us feel that way sometimes when life is overwhelming. And I'm sure some of us say it without even knowing. You know, oh something's so bad, I just don't want to be here anymore. You know, I can I, I compared it to like food poisoning. Whereas <laughs> I used to think I had food poisoning all the time. Until I actually got food poisoning, I'm like, "Oh, this is what it really is." Um, So that's what happened this time. Was like, I really got food poisoning. Like, okay, I scared myself. Like, this is it. Um, And and I just had the knowledge of, like, you know, again, Jake. It was just like, there's no way. I've been that way my whole life. Is that you tell me I can't? I'm going to, Um, unless I don't think it's worth it. And at this point, what was worth it was just life. You know, I, 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 it was real. I I was going to find a way to to die. Um, And then just seeing that this dude experienced a lot of things that I did and it worked and it was real. Like, it it was just, it really happened. So I I just followed it and I, I, I didn't stop. I did, I guess I just did the work, you know, like, I when I came home from rehab, I had to wait a couple months before my DVDs arrived, so I I couldn't just sit still and, and do nothing. So I put in the work, and, and that work was like little things like um, affirmations. I had a list of like twenty affirmations that took me four months to read out loud. I couldn't. It took me like two months probably to even get through the list in my head, because I was just getting so angry. Because these aren't things that I've ever considered. I've never considered myself any of these positive things that I was reading. Um, And I I come from a broken home, so my mother never showed me love. I don't think I was ever told I was worth anything. I I definitely was never told I was loved. I was abused, and she was hateful. She was just always mean. There was no, no nothing. I didn't... I don't have a report card, I don't have a school picture, I don't have a stuffed animal, I don't have any from childhood zip. It's not an exaggeration, absolutely nothing. <clears throat> nothing mattered. All of my stuff would go in the garbage. It was just we never she never paid for photos. You know, we got like the, the sample picture and that was it and then it ended up in the drawer somewhere. You know, so I was never I was never shown or told or felt like I had any value, so for me to read these things saying I had worth was, like, making me angry. Like, why the hell are you lying, you lying piece of shit, to myself? So, man, that's tough to do. you got to keep going. But I was always aware that, like, that is messed up, you know? And I I'm still have problems like that, like, going through comments. Like, I, I love posting my stuff, but it's super difficult to read all the positive comments. I still get angry. Because it makes me sad, and I'm just like I immediately think they don't know what they're talking about, and it could be as simple as like, "Wow, you're you're an inspiration. Keep up the good work," and that like sets me off. And I'm not mad at the person, but I still, it, you know, it's just that's what that's what happens. Um, so I, I did the work. I just I I kept telling myself that I was worth something. I had value, and the more that I said it, the more I behaved in that manner, and the more I behaved in that manner, then it came back again and I felt it. And and now, like, from someone who didn't think they existed because they had no sense of of being, because they, you know, I I thought of myself as less than worthless. I would have to think of myself in order to think I was worthless, but I didn't even think of myself. So I went from that to being my favorite person. I'm my own inspiration. I'm my own role model. Like, I, everything I do, everything I think, I am 100% okay with. And that comes from a 20-year drug addict, you know, so I completely flipped the script internally, and that just leads into the, you know, the physical, the physical side, but, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm I'm listening to this story, and I... I have PTSD and I'm an abuse survivor as well. And it it's a huge thing for someone in those shoes to realize and reconcile with yourself that you are simply tolerated and not celebrated. And I mean, it's a really hard thing that everything kind of runs through the filter of your head. That you know it it's a hard situation to be in, and mm. I give you all the kudos in the world. I mean, out of everyone that we have talked to, um, yeah, I was really, really um anxious to to hear your story because I believe it's full of hope and that if one person's able to do it, then another person's able to do it. And I think that's really powerful for everyone to realize that, you know, you're not an option, you're a priority. And you know what? I've never met you in person, but I can say because I have dug through a lot of your stuff over the course of last week <laughs> and while I was in the hospital and I can say And take this for what it's worth. But from one human to another, I love you, and I'm so grateful that I get the chance to be in your presence and to, you know, hear your story. I'm very grateful.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, And to be honest with you, that's that's what I'm going for. Like I want people to be okay with not being okay. I want people to be okay right. with loving, I, you know, self-love all of it. I, and it doesn't matter. Like I, I, you don't have to be a crackhead to uh, no have a common uh, ground with, you know, people that are struggling in, in any other way. And I think for me, uh, the, the thing that I really want people to to see and to, to understand and, and to follow is the honesty like I, I think it's so important that we're honest with ourselves, and, and and not only that, but like look for honesty in yourself. You know, because I, I think it takes a lot of practice to to understand what our flaws are and what we're responsible for. You know, and right?
1: And I, I think, think if we're honest
0: think, with ourselves, we get that.
1: Yeah, I think with us too, as survivors, that honesty is always laced with a degree of shame. So Mm -hmm. that's a huge hurdle to get over. And, you know, I'm no exception to that rule. So, you know, it's a hard road. I'm not going to lie. I have tied myself up in so many knots. I don't even know where to begin. But, you know, at least I'm trying. And that Mm -hmm. fits for something. And, I mean, there's other people in the world like you. And I recognize myself in your story. Of course, you know, there's different roads that we all take, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm grateful for you. I'm really grateful for you. you.
2: Now um, you said something a few minutes ago that really kind of stuck with me and you're talking about the Jake thing. And, and I've told this story before on the show a few times, but um, back, uh, years and years ago, probably 10 years ago, not quite less than that, but, um, Katie and I, my wife were at uh, dinner with Steve U and Steve was talking about, you know, Hey, I think Dallas wants to bring Jake to the, to Dallas has bought a house in Atlanta. He wants to bring Jake in, try to help him physically, get him on his feet. I've had, he has to lose this much weight. And he was talking about it. And, and I had worked with Jake a couple like, years and years ago. And it was a bad experience. I said I said to Steve, you, I said, this is a bad idea. The Arthur video has taken off. Jake has been unreliable and proven over and over again that he can't be trusted. I was deterring it. And, and Steve said, Dallas really believes in Jake. He was his mentor. I want to bring him in. So he brings him in, and we have this huge success story. And I'll be happy to admit I was the wrongest person on the planet. But what I'm going to go, uh, get, get, get to here is, you know, you, you talked about your addiction, 20 years, all of these low points, these rehabs. I'm sure a lot of people wrote you off as a lost cause. And I think well, there's I something beautiful to be said when you prove those people wrong. And just like I was proven wrong by Jake, and just like, you know, so many people are proven wrong. A lot of people listening to this probably think that they're a lost cause. People have written them off as a lost cause. And to hear someone like you who have been through such the depths of addiction and the depths of you know, hell basically in your life uh, to come out of it, I think it's such a beautiful hope because some people have a right and, and probably are warranted in writing people off. They say you don't hurt the ones you love. You hurt the ones who love you, and that's so true because I bet there's a lot of people that finally gave up You know, uh, when dealing with addicts who have just tried so hard and so hard and eventually gets to the birth. Addiction brings out the worst in people. They steal, they lie, they cheat, they hurt people. And sometimes, you know, people just have to cut ties. But to see you come out of this and 20 years is one of those situations where a lot of people would have written you off and said it's just not possible with him and after all this time for you to come around and prove all those people wrong, I think that's such a beautiful story that anyone who's dealing with this, listening to the show right now, can get inspired by. Like you were probably on the low list of people that were going to come out of this, and you did. You didn't die. You're here. You survived. You're talking to us today, a success story, a champion from the, uh, from the the positively unstoppable challenge. I mean that's an incredible comeback story. That's your own resurrection of Jacob St. Roberts. That's the resurrection of Jerry True. Landry.
0: True. Thank you. I but I, I don't see it as um I, I'm not there yet, man. I feel like this is the beginning. I feel like, um, you know, I'm I'm definitely out of uh out of the, the frying pan, as they say, but um you know, I, I'm just I'm just getting started. You know, I, 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 I'm, Just had um, last week. I did my first uh, public speaking engagement at the rehab center uh, that I I went to, Um, and I spoke to uh, their male class. I think there was thirty of them, Um, and I just told them, you know, my story and and how DDBY helped what I'm doing now. And I think that's you know what I want to continue to do is just that visit visit rehab centers and uh, you know other places eventually, but. I kind of want to get back to that place because I know how there is no, there's no hope, and and you become one of those people yourself. Like all the people that give up on you, you you are also one of them. You know, so I I really do want to to show people that you really can. Once if you start, you know, understanding um, yourself and and what you're you're capable of and believing in it. And, you know, and and again, like, you can say this all day until you're blue in the face, like, you have to love yourself and and all this, but you also have to do the work. Like, you can't just think, man, I spent years telling myself I was sober because that's what I told myself in my mind. Meanwhile, I'm, like, still drinking, I'm still doing other drugs, but, you know, you can, you can, everyone can talk a big game, especially in addiction, but you have to do the work. You know, you have to, to look inside of what's causing the issues and then go get counseling, go get help. But you can't stop. You can't sit. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep going. And I I want to show people that anything is possible if you just do it. And, and I think that's, that's the thing, man. It's that you can have all the hope you can have all the motivation, but those are all just thoughts and, and feelings if you don't actually do anything about it. So you know, get your mind yep. right, get your heart right, and then and then get the feet to the pavement. Start doing it.
2: That, that's such a great point. You know, you talk about what you know. Talk about doing the work. You know, so many people are just assume. You know how they talk about the aha moment and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. the aha moment doesn't exist. There's not going to be a moment where the planets are aligned and everything finally clicks for you. Right. The moment happens when you make it happen. You force it to happen. And, and I love the I love the humbleness in that statement, because you know that the war ain't over. Um, a lot of people think well, that life, life ends happily ever after, after the after picture, but after the after picture, you've well, got well, well, a lot of life, life left to, to go. And you know, it's, it's not going to be fun. I'm sure you're going to hit times where you're doing awesome and, and you're smooth sailing and then there's going to be something to hit and you're really struggling to, you know, stay straight and narrow and, that, and that's life but I, I appreciate the humbleness of you realizing that because it's not one of those moments where all of a sudden everything just aligns and everything's happily ever after you
0: no know, life still exists you know right? you don't have to have be an addict or or, or anything for, for life to continue you know for, for example um, I've had many bouts of, of depression during this two years but um, the difference is is that now I'm not using drugs or alcohol to, like, put a Band-Aid over those bouts of depression. And I'm, I'm aware that they leave. You know, when I was in addiction, when, when, I, when bad things would be happening, um, I would just, like, soak it up. And I would become that energy of negativity. Um, and now I'm just like, ah, this sucks. And I basically just lock myself away or go to the gym or, or get on the mat and I just, like, burn it out. And then it's gone. And again, proof, I'm telling you, they pass. Bad moments pass. I met a guy in rehab, um, not this previous stint, but before that. I met a guy, and he was sober for 20 years. And he said, in 20 years, I've never had a bad day. And everyone was like, bullshit. He said, I swear to God, I've never had a bad day in 20 years. I've had plenty of bad moments, but I've never had a bad day. You know, and that stuck with me. and I'm like, that's what I've been doing wrong. When things go bad, it's like, that is life, you know? And now it's like, no, it's just, that's just the way life is. Sometimes it's not that fun, but what are you going to do? Stop, you know, get going.
1: Yeah, because the alternative is crazy. I mean, none of us want right. that, so, right? Yeah, that, that's so. powerful. I do have a question, Jeremy, and we've asked it sure. of several guests. And it, it's meant to make you think, um, what would old Jeremy say to new Jeremy? <sighs> um,
0: huh. I'd probably oh. just hug myself and cry. I, I've always wanted it. Since childhood, I've always had a sense of awareness um, and eventually I just became my surroundings. Um, I didn't want to. I just did because there was nothing else. Um, I never wanted to be old Jeremy, and I was aware that I was old Jeremy. Um, right. And then, you know, so so now I would just be like, we did it. <laughs> that's what old Jeremy would say. "Is like, good job. Thank you. Wow. I'm
2: and so proud of you.
0: That's, that's you. profound.
2: You, you mentioned something a little while ago, and, and I want to go back to it because, you know, it really just, you know, stuck with me. Um, the, I've never had a bad day. I've had bad moments. And, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to blame social media, but it's not just social media. I call it hashtag blessed syndrome where right. social media yeah. and memes and stuff, they, they, tell, they kind of sell you that you're supposed to end up happy. You're, you're going to get where you're happy, and nobody gets yeah. to be happy your happiness is a fleeting moment. It's a, it's a feeling, it's not a destination. And I thought it was such an amazing way that you put it with, with the bad day thing, because I think people look at social media and poke, and people look at people pretending that their lives are perfect and they, they measure themselves against that. And it's like, well, I'm not happy all the time. What am I? And I think it's so important that you put that into perspective that Happiness is comes, it goes, it's it's here and not, and we're going to have moments, and, and life happens. And if you're happy all the time, you're probably a crazy person because nobody's happy all the time. Um, I think sometimes Absolutely. we need to be, yeah, you need to shoot for the stars, but you also have to give yourself realest- realistic expectations that you can actually hit in life. Uh, you know, keep things in the perspective right. of reality. Um, and I thought I see, that was really great. Again, right? Exactly. And, you know... Um, unfortunately, we live in a world now where we where we can edit our best moments or, or crop our best pictures and, and kind of put this uh, out to the world to something that we're not and we can't achieve and nobody else you know around us can achieve and it is it is a a, a phoniness uh, to a lot of things and I think it creates people to be unhappy and absolutely the way. Yeah. No, yeah, but I'm just saying you you said that so perfectly because I think if we we're all more honest with ourselves and honest of who we are and with our people we care about, if you're friends on Facebook or friends on Twitter or whatever, there's somebody in your life because you care about them or you like them, and I think that it's important for us to be able to be honest with the people around us. If we can't be honest to our friends and family and loved ones, who can we be honest to?
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and, and you become that. You become that lie well you know like let's call it for what it is it's it's a lie if you're, if you're you know phony about you know that like that facade of, of you know, everything's great like that's who you become you know social media is dangerous if you don't realize that it's something it's not it's not life you know and people like they transform man people become who they created on social media Unfortunately, that that means you're probably living a lie because you get to choose what you post, you know. So I, I agree, man. I think it's a tricky it's a tricky balance uh, with, with social media because you know you, you you have the ability to put whatever you want to put out there, and and then all of a sudden when you meet people in real life, well now you have to like pretend that that's really <laughs> how you are. So you know just. Again, be honest with yourself. I think if you're honest with yourself, you're going to come across honest. You know, also like, what are we scared of? Who right. is anyone to, to judge anyone else? Like, who cares? You know, you if there's something you don't like about me, then that seems that's on you, not me. You know, it's and and again, if there is, and let's talk about it. <laughs> but I I think I just I I would rather. Um, be in a relationship with someone that was an asshole than to someone who was like always smiling and always nice and just like there's something off you know i don't because it's not honest it's just if you're an asshole be an asshole <laughs>
2: right yeah true now the, the authenticity yeah you, you, you know you uh you you know you talked about the the jujitsu i want to get into that a little bit and the ddpy which just helped now, I've known a lot of people who have struggled with drugs and alcohol that have gotten into jiu-jitsu. And I think that there's a lot of correlation between, uh, you know, finding something to keep you busy, something physical, and the DDPY also. How did that manifest? Was it something you were looking for after you got sober that you were trying to just keep yourself physically and mentally occupied for?
0: No, um, I was just doing the, the DDPY. Um and uh, someone had reached out to me and asked me if I had ever done jujitsu. So I done boxing when I was a kid, uh, and he just said, "Come, come try it." So I went down, and um, it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. for an hour or more, um, and it's 40 minutes from my hometown. So I went. You know, I started the Jan- January 1st of last year. So I took the 40 minute drive and I think it was a snowstorm as well. And I just I I cried I think for like the first 2 months coming home after Jujitsu and like in the dark and in the cold and in the snow and like realizing what I was doing for what I was doing and like you know it was just such a a great learning experience because you know you really develop this sense of like invincibility because I was like, nothing is stopping me from getting what I want. What I want is to be a better person. So, you know, getting up at 5 a.m. is not something I've ever done in my life. Getting up at 5 a.m. to drive 40 minutes in a snowstorm to get beat up for an hour is definitely not (laughs) something I've ever done in my life. You know, so... I started doing that, and I started getting proud of myself because this is what I was doing. And, and of course, there was, like, four of us doing it, and one of them is the black belt, right? So, like, no one else is doing this. And on my drive home in the dark, I'm looking at lights and houses, and lights aren't even on. And I I felt proud, and I am, like, I am someone. Um, So I just, I kept, I rode that wave and, you know, just kept going. And then all of a sudden I started doing 6 a.m., 6 p.m., and then, uh, and, and now I'm literally there every day. I'm teaching the guys DDP yoga as well. I'm, I'm hitting the weights. I'm, I'm doing jujitsu classes seven times a week. So, wow. You know, and, and the and, and weights in between that, weights during that, DDP during that, DDP on the days off that I'm not doing that. I'm I'm literally going all the time, but I'm going at a pace that is. Uh, beneficial to me. I'm not in a hurry to get a new color belt for jujitsu. I'm not in a hurry to get my uh, level one certification. I'm doing it, but I'm in no hurry. You know, I'm not in a hurry to, to lose my boobs. <laughs> I'm not in a hurry to, you know, get swole. It's just everything is working the way it's working, and, and it's at my pace, and, you know, because I don't want to overwhelm myself with any anything that I'm doing. Because I, I've done that before. I've jumped in, you know, and it's like all of a sudden I, I overwhelm myself and then I pull out and I'm like, well, now I can't get going again. Because as we know, it's easier to keep a ball rolling than he was to start pushing again. You know, so True. that's kind of, it, it's become, this is who I am now. It's, it's, it's crazy. I really am a new person. I don't even like to say that I've changed. I like to say that I've just created.
1: You've evolved.
0: I belong
2: Yes. it, it Wow. It's, you know, you, you talk about these things, and you said a little while ago about how you weren't the guy who was going to get up and drive this way uh, to do this. And, you know, so you're seeing the sunrise and people getting up for work. And, you know, it's not who you were, but it's who you became. And, and I think that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful. And uh, there's a lot of people, you know, I've been at points in my life where you get to the point where it's like, well, I am who I am. I'm just, I'm stuck here. I, I, I'm the person I am, but it really is. It's, it's something we should never stop growing. We should not stop changing obviously, but sometimes as you get older, you get stuck in your situation, you get stuck in your ways, you get stuck in your habits and patterns. And it, it is powerful to remember that tomorrow you can turn it all around. And, you're one of those people who who have obviously taken great strides and and great effort to change your circumstance. And we do ultimately have that power inside of us And, and to see you kind of execute it like that. And it's not easy, you know, the, the addiction part alone, you know, all that stuff is, is difficult, but also just to change the way you are, change your habits and patterns. You know, you've got yourself to the point where you were through bad habits, obviously. And, now you're 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 sober, but now you've got to change the habits. How have you kind of navigated those parts of it where, like, you know, every per- thing I've known for the past twenty years isn't working for me anymore. I can't do it that way. How do you not just change who you are, but change what you do?
0: Um, it it didn't it wasn't really that difficult for me because of my my upbringing. Um. You know, I've never had any kind of real connection with people. Um, I've always been like a one-friend guy. Uh, I was always the center of attention. I was always the guy guys wanted to be around, uh, you know, I, girls wanted to be with me. You know, I was always that, like, charismatic, entertaining type, Um so for me, it was like a no-brainer. All right, what are you going to do? You've got to stop hanging out with all of your cokehead alcoholic friends. Okay, now, right. You have to, um, you know, stop. It, it wasn't all about addiction as well. Like, I have some issues where, you know, I, I could never say no. You know? So even if I weren't drinking or if I knew I was going to get into trouble, if someone just asked me the right way, then I'm going to do it because I wanted to please them. Yeah, you know, so I had to cut people off and keep them cut off. That that was difficult. Um, but once I did that, like I had no, um, I had no reason to to go out. I mean, I'm married. Unless I was blatantly going to tell my wife, hey, I'm going to cheat on. You. Then what was I going out for? You know, it was. That's what people do. They go out, when they go to bars, when they go to drink, they're looking to, to hook up or they're going to do stuff that I don't want to do now. Um, so it, it was simple in the sense that, all right, well, I stopped going out. I stopped hanging out with these people. But it's not that simple. Like you have to actually, you have to like become someone different because like I said, I was the dude that was like, yeah, no problem. I literally had to kick people out of my house that came after I got sober and was showing up drunk or with alcohol. Like, I wanted to tell you how proud I am, you know, stuff like that. And, and for me, being, um, you know, a people pleaser, even at my own detriment, I would, you know, invite them in. And then I realized, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't owe this person anything. And second of all, they're literally trying to destroy me right now. You know, I should have no, why do, do I care about hurting their feelings? They're at my house, drunk, acting like an idiot, knowing I'm two months out of rehab. And I'm concerned with telling them they gotta go. You know, and that was like a head-scratcher for me. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like, these are, these are personality traits that I learned growing up, right? Like, you're not gonna hurt me if I can make you happy. You know, and that just stayed, that became my mentality, is that if I made people happy, they weren't going to hurt me. And that became my identity. So, I had to do those things, which was difficult. But even once I believed that I was finally worth something, I was like, screw you. And I started getting mad at people. I was just like, you know what? You are absolutely nothing to me. I don't care about your problems. You go fix them. But your problems are not my problems anymore. And I'm not going to create my own problems in order to save your feelings. Like, no, no, you're a raging alcoholic too. Let's call a spade a spade go straighten your shit out, get out of my house. You know, whereas before, it was, I I would let them sit in my house and talk to me for an hour, drunk. And I would just sit there, so uncomfortable. And, like, when they leave, I would go cry. A grown man, I would go cry after they left because it was so overwhelming, having to, to listen to them, talk about nothing for an hour and a half, drunk while I'm sober, you know? And finally, I was just like, these people don't mean anything to me. And turns out they didn't because none of them are here now and guess what they're all doing? The same shit. They're also doing coke, yep. they're also cheating on their wives. They're also all of it. And like, yes, I did all of those things, but I never wanted to. And my friends, quote unquote, like they do all those things as well, but they don't think there's a problem with it. And so now I'm like, okay, then we are not friends. If you didn't want to do it and and, and you feel bad about all the shit you're doing in your behavior, then do something about it, or at least make some kind of acknowledgement that what you're doing is wrong. But none of them did. So I'm like, we have absolutely nothing in common. I am not that dude, and that, I was a, only that dude. It's so huge.
2: Ahead. That's a hard call to make, though, also. Because, you know, when we're, we're taught that, like, you're loyal to your friends, You know, fair, you know, you don't want to be the guy who cuts people off because, like... But also, you realize that those friends, a lot of times, will be cheering for you. But deep down, they want you to be one of them again. They want you to, you know, oh, good oh. job, man. But they miss drinking with you. And you're not better than me. You can come down and be one of us. And, and it's a complex oh, like goodness. situation because you don't want to be the guy who abandons friends. But also, if they were your real friends, they wouldn't put you in that situation. So it becomes very difficult, I'm
0: sure. Absolutely. But, but eventually, you know, just like repetition. <laughs> you keep showing up and I'll keep showing you the door, you know. So, and, and now they stop coming around. I mean, I still have people messaging me from my past life, like seeing what I'm doing and, you know, want my help. But I'm no dummy. I've never been a dummy. I know who wants my help and who just wants to feel like they're, they're doing something for themselves by reaching out to me. What do you think I'm going to do for you? You know what I mean, I can't do anything. If you want to know what I did, I post it every day, you know, just right. don't reach out to me because what you're doing is you're clawing your way in and bringing me back down. And it's mostly family members, but there are some people that, that were friends back then who are going through. And I'm like, well, I, I know which ones, because I had had a couple, actually one, one fella, um, he reached out to me a couple months ago and I told him what was what. And then, uh, he started coming to jujitsu at six in the morning. I said, "Buddy, if you can show up here at six a.m. to get beat up for an hour, if you're on the right road." And and he has. He's been like a month and a half in the jujitsu. He shows up every morning. He quit drinking, you know. And Good. this is one out of out of two dozen. One out of two dozen, you know, that have reached out and and I've responded. Um, but he's the only one that's actually done the work. You know, he stopped hanging out with the people he did. He started hanging out with with a different crowd and. You know, like, things are, are important to him now where nothing was important for him. So it is it is difficult with, uh, you know, friendship or what we perceive as friendship. But I think as long as you're friends with yourself, you know, the right people will, will find their way into your life or, or you'll find your way into theirs. But really, I mean, you just need to be your best friend and you'll be fine. Wow.
2: And, and you you said you were, you, you're you married, you have a wife. She obviously was with you during the really, you know, hard parts, and, and she's, you know, here now. Yeah. What has it meant to you to have somebody in your corner like that who's seen you at your worst and, and believed in you enough to, to, to see you, you know, come out, you know, better? Not finished, but better.
0: I, I still don't get it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't. Um, you know, she comes from uh, a good family. They're, they're educated, they're you know really nice people they're, they're still together, which is another thing. I don't see a lot of people that are the original <laughs> husband and wife. Um, and uh, yeah I mean she uh, I exposed her to all of this. she had you know she was unaware of this life. in fact, she didn't realize I was smoking crack until three years ago in a relationship. And that's how well I hid it. I hid for three years um, finally she, she found a pipe um, and asked me I was high she came home early one night um, and I like ran around the house and I, I hid the pipe I think I threw it under a mattress um, and she was kind of suspicious and went into the room and then came out and set a crack pipe on the coffee table and I was high um, but, like, silent, and she looked over at me and had no idea that this was a crack pipe. It was like, do you need help quitting something? Um, <laughs> you know, like, right then, like, that blew my mind. Like, what? You know, and I explained to her that it was that it was crack, and, like, you know, the things that I put that woman through and the things that, like, she did in order to, to keep me safe and, Keep me alive and just work on my 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 life um, i I don't understand um, and it, I've been again like I, I I talk a big game about honesty, and you know i I walk it because uh, I told her everything you know every time I cheated on her, every time I did drugs all the all the shit that I did she knows about um, and i I didn't hide it then either. You know, as soon as she found out that was that was it. So she literally went through all of these these traumatic events and, and more. You know, she used to like walk like imagine this innocent, you know, lady walking downtown East Hastings looking for me. There, like, we do not want to be in downtown East Hastings for anything after mm-hmm. dark. And she would be out there looking for me, you know? So I put her in jeopardy just by her trying to find me when i was jumping around crack bins um but yeah no i don't get it man because i i guess i still haven't fully understood um what there is uh about me um that she sees you know i've been working on it and i'm getting there but i wasn't that person then you know so uh, she must have saw something in me that I didn't even see, you know. I I'm, because as far as I'm concerned, I've only been creating someone worth loving for the past two years, so um, it boggles my mind. I, I don't know, but thank God I had her. <laughs> thank God I still have her. Well,
2: she sounds like an incredible woman, and I'm sure she did find something in you, and I'm sure that you know you're you're for her, uh, likewise, you know. If there's never if there's ever a, a picture of sticking with someone through the hard times, uh, that's probably as good of a case I'll ever I'll ever hear.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, it's so amazing that you're finally at a point now where you want to ex- seem to want to expose her to the person that she saw in you. You know, live up to that and you guys seem to be a really incredible couple and and thank you to her too cuz you know she sounds like an incredible absolutely. woman absolutely
0: yeah she is and i'm well, kind of returning the we... favor now you know i i'm trying to help her as well with with being a better version of herself you know and then i'm trying to instill some of that that needed um self recognition, you know, because I tell her all the time how amazing she is, but she is kind of in the same boat that I was in, you know, and it's like, listen, I know where that leads. So you have to start believing the things that I'm saying about you because they're true. You know, so we're we're working on making her feel better about herself as well, and acknowledging some of her great um attributes. I think that's awesome.
2: Well, we are about to get kicked off here in a, in a couple minutes, okay. but I, I I'd love for you to have to come back and talk to us because I to tell you, I had a, a pleasure talking to you tonight. You, your story was amazing and fascinating and inspiring, and um, I think you're going to do a lot of good in the world. and And I love the authenticity. I love that you're not afraid to hide from you know the, the bad things because. You know, a lot of people like to give that you know cookie cutter shined up version of how I overcame stuff, and and yours is ugly. You know, you have got some ugly parts of mm-hmm. your history, and I think the fact that you're able to confront them and bring those out in the open, and share them is difficult, but also it's good for you, and it's and it's inspiring for people who think you know I'm not I'm not I'm not the only one.
0: Yeah, and I hope that's that's what you know that's what gets across. Is uh, you know that that being able to to relate to to just wanting more, you know.
2: Well, absolutely, and I, we'd love for you to come back and talk to us again sometime. We appreciate it. Uh, your story was was great. And um, do you have anything you want to uh, plug or, or or a website or a Facebook or anything like that? You, you uh, anyway, any thanks or acknowledgements? Anybody? Um.
0: No, I. I mean. Just uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, mm. Thanks to the the entire DDPY community for you know all their kind words and, and you know just just being there uh, again. Like I said, I'm not uh, I'm still not the best at um, interacting or, or acknowledging some of the the kind things people say, but uh, I just want everyone to know that I, I really do. Appreciate everything that, that people say, and and I hope that uh, you know. I mean, you can just do it. Like, there's nothing. I'm telling you, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You just have to to put the work in. Oh, that's it.
2: And that's awesome. that's the key thing. You've you've put a lot of work in, and uh, congratulations, man. It, it was it was great talking to you.
0: Thank you. You as well. All right. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to love to get back and chat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do that. Uh, Jeremy Landry, everybody, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, Thank you, Crystal, for for pulling all this together as well. And uh, we only got a few more seconds here, so I'm going to have you kind of finish us up with the quote of the week, and then we're going to move on to next week. Thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. Thank you.
1: Um, This week's quote is from Nelson Mandela. The greatest glory in living... Lies not in never failing, but in rising every time we do fail. Uh,
2: I love it, and I love how that relates to the DDPY philosophy. You know, fall down uh, eight times, stand up nine or eight or whatever. I always get that mixed up, but no, I love that, and that's so great. And and Jeremy is the that, uh, an amazing example of that. A guy who's had more rock bottoms from what he told us and then you can think of and, and he keeps coming up and pulling through and and it's inspiring and we're excited and uh thank you so much we're going to do this again soon and crystal i hope you feel better Absolutely. i hope you're uh, on the you. i know you've had a hell of a couple of weeks uh what an amazing talk uh thank you guys so much and uh we will see you guys next week with another episode of DDP Radio live at ddpradio.com for jeremy landry crystal myself we'll see you guys next week be good work hard and own your life. Bang! Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The powerbomb set up by i Oh! Into the diamond cutter! I don't believe it! Wow. Diamond cutter out of the powerbomb! We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests with inspiration and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own Your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.